no matter how you play it, there's somebody going to say you're playing it wrong. You know what? Screw them. Welcome to Playing It Wrong. Podcasts about RPGs, fun, food, more RPGs. Grab your dice, sit back, and get ready to play it wrong. Welcome to the reboot episode. Yeah, I'm calling it the reboot episode of Playing It Wrong. Hey, I've thrown in some new theme music because I haven't had any in a while. And guess what? I've made some bumpers for the different segments of the show. Ha ha ha. This is all part of my annual sit back, evaluate, and brainstorm. So, in a way, this is episode one of season three because there's so many changes there's going to be some new features coming up next week and your old favorites are going to steal here still here still be here this week all right let's get on with the show so what are we going to start with let's start with well basically like i said some goal setting which is what i've done i have prettied up the podcast i'm going to do a few more things on the blog so stay tuned for that and well We'll see what happens in the next few weeks and what happens over the next year. And with that, let's get on with the meat of the episode. Let's start off with... Session Summary. Okay, it's the part where I talk about my week in gaming. And after listening to that bumper again, I might redo that. Yeah, I probably will do redo that. So what happened this week in gaming? Well, I have to rewind because I forgot some very important stuff from the previous episode. And I have to write this up, but, uh, yeah, our half-orc fighter thief in the Labyrinth Lord game, well, he blew a wish, so now he's dealing with the consequences of getting a pact with a demon lord and, well, a really nice sword. I'm going to stat up that sword as I've written my notes down. That's going to be on the blog coming up soon. What else happened this week? Well, uh, they're still trying to get the gold dragon out of town, as if you remember correctly, and, well, things have gone horribly wrong. They've... Uh, the party has, um, what shall we say, kind of dilly-dallied in town, uh, fought a the head of the Cult of Tiamat, which happens to be a red dragon, and, um, well, kind of, it ran away, and, well, they kind of got their butts kicked, and it ended up ruining the only, one of the few good temples in town, so, and now they are imprisoned in a dungeon and have to sneak, cajole, and fight their way out. And that last part was totally improv and I still have to do that up because... I didn't know where the plot was going, depending on what they did. And with that news, we also had a big discussion. Our 5e game is going to be coming to an end. Actually came to an end last week. We just didn't know it because the DM got burnout. And what do we go? We're going to go Delta Green. Yes, fun with that. And speaking of new campaigns, if you're paying attention to the blog, yes, the group decided they're going to play the Blight. And they're going to do some Swords of Wizardry. So... There's going to be lots about Swords of Wizardry on the blog, and you know what? There's going to be lots of Swords of Wizardry on this podcast, too. So uh, stay tuned for that. That's going to be more announcements coming soon. And that, dear listeners, was my week in gaming. And with that, it's time to move on for the topic of the episode. And this reminds me, I need to make a bumper for this, too. Hmm. All right. So what is this episode about? Well, it's about... uh, Celebrity D&D, social media, gatekeeping, and the OSR ain't dead yet. Yes, I'm going to weave all of these things together. All right, so how did this idea for this podcast come about? Well, it kind of came about for a couple ways. 
One, I saw an article shared on Facebook from, I believe it was comic.com or comicbook.com or something, and it was like, the DMG for 5e needs to be changed. So think several high-profile members of the D&D community. And these high-profile members, I have never heard of these people. I, I, I heard of Sly Flourish, Flourish, that was it, who basically said, it's okay the way it is. But, you know, someone had anointed them high-profile members. So I guess their opinions are more valid than anybody else's. And that's so much of the problem of celebrity D&Ds in a way that, well, it's one, generally, a bad example of the way it actually rolls out on the table with normal people. And it also drowns out normal people's voices, which uh, gives me to social media and gatekeeping. We always, you hear, always hear these complaints about so-and-so is acting as a gatekeeper, so-and-so is like trying to keep people out. Here is the thing with the celebrity D&D and the social media overall. Guess what? If you are just a little guy, your voice is going to get drowned out. No one will care. That's the way it goes. You've got to have an uphill battle because I, call, I used to call this the Will Wheaton effect. And then I guess it was officially named the Kardashian effect because, you know, the Kardashian, you know, has a Slurpee and 18 million people go, I want a Slurpee too. Even though you might have been blogging or tweeting about Slurpees for the last decade, no one cares. But a celebrity liked it, therefore it's now trending. So, overall, things the social media platforms, Google+, Facebook... Well, Google+, is dead, which I'm going to get to a second. Facebook, even Google rankings and Google searches, it's very hard to dig down and find anything that's below the level of the celebrity hype or whatever. I had mentioned before on podcasts, I started listening to Not Another D&D Podcast, which is basically kind of celebrity D&D, but hey, they're kind of laid back, so I'll let it go. But their Patreon has like 8,500 patrons. And, and I see people putting out content, actual content that you can use in your game, barely reaching 100 or 50 or less because it's not celebrity. And... We even do it to ourselves within our own little niches. Someone will become prominent. They'll be a celebrity. Their voice will carry more weight. Their voice will get more notice. You say positive or negative things about the wrong people. That's about the only best way to get noticed rather than trying to make anything. And this all leads me into the next point of the OSR is not dead or old school or old school revival, revolution, renaissance, rules, religion, whatever you want to call it. I'm just using those letters because it's a quick and easy you know, name to use for people who happen to like a certain style of game. Uh, there's some claims since Google Plus went tits up that, yeah, it's dead because the fan base has dispersed across various social media platforms and there's no single voice and there's no shall we say, unifying factor, unlike there was with Google+, Plus, was the only unifying factor was that everybody was on the same frickin' social media platform. And anytime you're relying on a third-party service to basically manage your community, it's going to happen. So, yeah, like I was saying, Google was a gatekeeper. And guess what? They kind of tore down the fences and let all us natives run wild and see what happened. We went wherever we wanted to. And that's a good thing. Because now I'm going to talk about how I see the future of old school gaming. And 
I'm going to break it down. I did an old blog post about this, and this is kind of a, I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but this is kind of along the same top, same thought process because that post is like seven years old, five, seven years old or something like that. I'll have to look at the date, but it's a very old post. So with the uh, celebrity D&D and the mainstreaming of D&D, where does that leave the old school at? Well, I look at this kind of three ways. As in we kind of got three camps, so to speak. I'm going to put, and this is just my opinion, we've got the traditionalist camp who will still use their old, all right, in that group that I still have, my old homes or Moldvay basics, my little white books, advanced D&D, rule cyclopedia, who will still use the originals and will not deviate. Or will use one of the clones that are really close and not deviate, which is perfectly fine. We have to remember where the hobby started and what it was like. That is a great educational tool, at the very least, of someone who's like, I'm getting into D&D. That's going to be immediate, but hey, I think at least one time in your life, if you're a fan of D&D, you should end up playing the way it was using the old rules. Now, as some folks have called the art house group, um, yeah, you'll figure it out. You, if, if you hang around, you, you know what, the, what I'm talking about. But here's where I'm really going. It's something that I think that to keep the old school community kind of alive and vibrant, and it's kind of the philosophy I'm going to take going forward to. The first thing you have to realize is old school is no longer the establishment. You kind of think about this way, you know, this was the old ways, we're established, we're established, we're established. That is not the establishment anymore. The establishment is 5e. That is what basically everybody else, society, social media, and everything has determined that 5e is the norm. So you can set back, oh, we're outcasts now, we're, we're adrift because we don't have G+. No, no, we're not adrift. At least I'm not. This is, like I said, this is my plan going forward. No, what we are is, what the way I'm going forward is, we are punk rock. Hey, that's why I changed the intro. Uh, that's best, you know, punkish mu- music I could find. And I could afford, i.e. free. Basically, I'm going to run the game the way I want to. Get over it. I'm going to play the game the way I want to. I don't need any celebrity telling me how to play D&D. So, I'm going to kick over apple carts and just roll dice and rock on. You know, it's it's time to crank up some Ramones and some Sex Pistols and make a dungeon. And with that, that is today's rant. Hopefully, I've uh, made it halfway interesting. Now, I know I said I was going to talk about food on the broadcast in the intro. Um, yeah, well, there's no food segment this this week other than because I'm not going to do recipes and shit because that's better for printed but sort of philosophy of a lot of times how food and gaming intersect each other and in this particular case we have no we've got some pork and some beef and some chicken and later on we're going to have some plums that are going out on the smoker because it's too damn hot in Texas to cook inside alright and you know what it means that's up next that's right Tomes of Ancient Forbidden Knowledge and that means, uh, in case you don't know, hopefully I'll be garnering some new listeners. And like I said, if I get new listeners, start with this episode, nor some of the old ones. This is the section where I read from and do spontaneous commentary on original D&D rules. I've completed the three basic little brown books of the white box set, and now I have moved on 
this episode beginning with Supplement 1, Greyhawk, and this is a very special supplement to me. And I will tell you why. Because my first set of D&D was the Blue Book, Holmes Blue Book. I got it, and after that, I believe it was in the mall, it was either a KB Toys and Hobbies or possibly a... Well, there's no price tag in it anymore, so... Either KB Toys and Hobbies or maybe Walden Books or something inside a mall, and I see Supplement 1 Greyhawk. And I buy it, thinking, because there was no internet or anything else at the time, other than what you learn from other people directly by speaking to them, that Supplement 1 Greyhawk was a supplement to the Little Brown Book. While it didn't make much sense, I still made it work. But there's a lot of stuff in the Supplement 1 that became D&D standards. And it begins right with the cover, because right on the cover, we have the first picture of one of the iconic monsters, the Beholder. And this is where it came from. All right, so let's go on into Supplement 1 by Gary Goddox and Rob Koontz. With special thanks to Alan Lucian, Mike Menard, Jeff and Jeff Key for suggestions. Now, as long-time listeners know, I don't read everything, but I read things that catch me. And, and I don't read the whole book in an episode because these books are, I mean, while short compared to some of the today's standards, I'm still doing commentary. But what catches me right here in the foreword is the last paragraph, written by the man himself, Gary Gygax. Fantasy being what it is, it appears that there will never be an end to the development of fresh ideas. And this booklet is what we hope will be but the first of a long series of periodic supplements to add to your enjoyment of Dungeons and Dragons. There will be at least one more for Dave Arneson, co-author of the original work, is currently in the catacombs beneath his tower preparing the second supplement. In case you want to know, that's called Blackmore, which we'll be talking about later on. Much later on after we're done with Greyhawk. Among other things, this work will reveal to a breathlessly awaiting world many of the horrid things which are part of the Blackmore campaign and how to make it just as horrible in your own game. That's horrible as in horrible for the player characters, not for the DM. Meanwhile, find out what the devious minds behind Greyhawk Castle have been dreaming up and for the amusement of the participants of that campaign. So, this is roughly broken down similar to the three little brown books. You have Men and Magic, Monsters and Treasure, the Underworld, and Wilderness Adventures sections. And the biggest section, in my opinion, and one of the most forthright is going to be the Men of Magic, which has, <gasps> look, there are additions and changes to characters. And this is where we get, <gasps> there are now four main classes, fighting men, including paladins, which says they didn't quite make paladin its own class, magic users, clerics, no change there, and thieves. So this introduces the thief to D&D. All right, thieves. They're either neutral or chaotic, although lawful characters may hire them on a one-time basis for missions, which they're basically lawful. Um, not as strong as other classes. Distinct advantages with their blow. Wow, that was really disastrous. I forgot to hit record. Um, thieves are first start of skills in D&D with their open locks, removing traps, listening for noise, moving quietly, pickpocketing, hiding, uh, Strike silently for time and climb sheer sur surfaces upwards and downwards. 
And dwarves, elves, half-elves, or hobbits, they still say hobbits in the old books, may be thieves. In this case, there will be no limit to their continuing to advance to the highest levels. Thieves of third level higher are able to read 80% of languages, so treasure maps can be read and understood by them without recourse to a spell. Thieves of tenth level above understand magical writings, so any scroll that falls in their hands they can use, excluding spells which are clerical in nature. However, with spells of seventh level and above, there's a 10% chance that the effect will be reverse of that intended. <coughs> and they do sneak attack. They get plus four to hit and do double damage. With additional damage for every four levels they've attained. Thus, if a thief with fourth level attack from behind, he would do twice the damage on the die. Fifth through eight, he would do thrice, and ninth through twelfth, four times. And we go down, breaking down. Thieves have skills. And more about elves and dwarves and hobbits and half-elves as thieves. Yay. And that is all I'm going to do for this episode, because it's been kind of long, and I don't... Well, not long, but we're hitting that 17-minute mark, and that means I really should wind it down. I don't want to drone on too long. I've got to keep you coming back for more with my little introduction to Greyhawk and all the fun stuff that's going to be in that little brown book from the ancient times. And with that, I want to say thank you for listening. Please feel free to stop by the blog at theymightbegazebos.blog. That's theymightbegazebos.blog. Find us on Facebook. Just search for They Might Be Gazebos. Hey, leave a message on the blog. Hey, download the Anchor app. Leave us a message on Anchor. Hey, use the contact form on the blog. Email us at magicpickmedia.gmail.com. However you want to contact us. It doesn't matter. Ask me questions. With that, thanks for listening. And roll dice, kill monsters, take their stuff. Have fun and play it your way. Yeah, and this is why I don't sing. Thanks for listening.